After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. We are bringing you, as we always do, hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Congratulations, you're both losers of my respect. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Got a chortle out of you with that one. Yeah, I like it. More on that commercial and that campaign in just a little bit. Speaking of, that is what we're going to do for the next few minutes. We're going to talk about commercials that we are loving, Jerry. Yeah, we're loving it. We are loving it. Oh, wow. TM McDonald's. Yeah, McDon- that's right. Spoiler alert. McDonald's is not one of the commercials that we love. Do, 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 do. We're loving it, but not McDonald's. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to do kind of an extended ad council, check in with you guys. Uh, let's see. We got a follow-up. I asked a listener to show his homework or to show his work, I guess, on mm-hmm. a theory he had regarding a uh, 1980 commercial commercial for Toyotas. Yes. A whole bunch of stuff coming up. But you also had, you and I have both been like pulling our hair out over something that is, I mean, questionably interesting to the audience. But let's just throw the doors open here and tell people what's going on. It all started with, not to brag, but a slight uptick in listenership recently, right? Yeah, more than a slight uptick. So if we have some new listeners out there, uh, welcome. Uh, If you're checking it out, in, if you're checking out this episode, it's not clear what episodes you're checking out because my analytics do not go that deep. But we saw a huge uptick in listeners, like double our normal listeners. Oh, that's not all. Oh, you're right. That is big. Last week. Double? Double. Almost double uh, in one week. So, And I don't know how to account for it except that maybe our friend... Uh, ben Harrison's shout out on one of his other podcasts uh, drove some listeners. So if that was the case, thank you. But then this other weird thing happened that sent me down a real rabbit hole today, which was a little bit of a mystery, which I we have now solved. But I saw on our Facebook group, somebody posted an Instagram from My Favorite Murder, which of course is a hugely popular podcast. It's a true crime podcast. I've listened to it. It's it's very enjoyable. Um and they had they they do like an Instagram post where they talk about some of the subjects that come up in their their episode, right? It's like a little promo for their episode. One of the subjects that they listed in this Instagram post was this great Levi's commercial featuring Stanley Tucci from like decades ago, where he looks super hot. And apparently, this thing went hugely viral yeah, last week because I mentioned it to Luke briefly. As like, I'm trying to find an old email for in the, my TBTL, and I can't find it anywhere. And I mentioned very briefly what we're talking about. It's like, oh, is this related to that Stanley Tucci thing? You guys must have been all over that. And I was like, no, this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, this guy named Dave Holmes. I think he's a comedian. Um, I assume he is. He uh, tweeted about it, like this sort of like stealth, like this this blast from the past that none of us knew was out there with Stanley Tucci, who's like a super sexy. Uh, like, you know, tank top clad Levi's wearing hunk, which is, you know, I think Tucci's great and very attractive, but you don't, he's not like his, his brand hasn't been like hunk 
for most of his career. Right. And this guy, Dave Holmes, says, you got to watch this whole commercial because this aesthetic makes even the street musician in it. And one of the other magician. actors, street magician, what I say, musician, street magician seem kind of hot. This is the foundation of sexiness for my generation. And can we just take a quick listen to it, even though that the audio doesn't really convey the hotness over yes. a podcast. I think I remember this commercial. Yeah. Stanley Tucci. It's just a bunch of people walking around, like, dancing in the street, um, wearing their Levi's, kind of doing their own thing. And Tucci's just, like, radiating sexiness. He's super cut. His hair's all slicked back. He just looks sort of like this disreputable bad boy hottie. I'm a wooden I remember that ending of that song very well. Yeah, it's interesting to see that old branding for Levi's, which I think Levi's, we've talked about it, has done a really great job in sort of uh, refreshing their brand in, in recent years. They kind of had a period where they were kind of seen as, I don't know, yesterday's jeans. I, I miss those old 90s or 80s uh, uh, Levi's commercials. But anyway, the reason all of this came to our my attention today was that someone posted it on our Facebook group saying showing this Instagram post from My Favorite Murder where they cited that commercial and and their citation for where they found it was after these messages, mm-hmm. which wasn't us because right, we didn't post it anywhere because we, we didn't know about it. We were learning about this commercial today. We're, yeah, it is kind of sad that we're the last ones to hear about this <laughs> viral commercial. So, so sad. We're clearly uh, not doing very, uh, doing very well at keeping up. So anyway... Uh, that seems like, you know, there was a commercial in the news and we totally missed it. And so I, I Googled around. I just Googled after these messages and Stanley Tucci and immediately I found a YouTube channel that's only been up for less than a year, like six months. Um, uh, after these messages on YouTube, this is what the description is. On my channel, you will find strictly rips from old VHS tapes and audio cassettes ranging from the early 1980s to the early 2000s. I've isolated many of the commercials, PSAs, bumpers and promos from my personal collection for all all your nostalgic needs. That's pretty. That's right up my alley. It I just right wish up. they were using a different name. Oh well, I don't mind that they're using the name. I mean, it's we didn't invent the phrase. It's pretty easily associated with nostalgic commercials. I'm just embarrassed that we've had this podcast going for how many years? Four years. And uh, after these messages, the YouTube channel uh, is already more visible and famous. Than oh we right, are. yeah. Gee, I didn't even look at the numbers. <laughs> well, I mean, basically by. However, however famous my favorite murder can make them. This is way too in the weeds, but I, I, the original tweet by Dave Holmes who tweeted this out wasn't even. He did link to a YouTube video of it. That's what we heard, but it wasn't even an after these messages YouTube. It must have been the producers <laughs> on my favorite murder just must have like typed in Stanley Tucci yeah. Levi's and came to this one before the one that uh, Dave. Dave uh, had tweeted out. Yeah, but it's a real, anyway. it's a real uh, exciting journey through SEO. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's how we're starting the show today because that's what we like to do for new listeners. Uh, but let's now start talking about some of these commercials that we just love. Let's have a few of these things. I just wanted to um, talk about them because one of them has been airing for a little bit and it caught my eye again this week. And I think it's like maybe the third iteration of this commercial. The other ones were okay. And this one, though, really slayed me. It's for, of all brands, Supercuts. 
the chain of barber shops <laughs> that you know i don't want to be snobby about it but you know supercuts don't have the best reputation no i'm sure they, they give don't. you a very basic haircut whatever um that's I'm sure that's their their specialty. But that's, basic haircut. That's one of the charms of this particular spot. Is it feels like they're almost a little bit self negging a tiny bit. I could be wrong about that, but let me set it up. So this series of commercials star Michael Kelly. He's a, a actor that you might recognize if you watched House of Cards. He plays the uh, Doug Stamper character. You've seen him in other kind of serious dramas. He's a yes. man in a suit with male pattern baldness who keeps his hair so short that he almost looks like he's a full. Bald. Yeah, he always he he tends to play roles as he does in House of Cards of you know a a sort of nefarious power player. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so you might ask yourself if you haven't seen these commercials, why is a man who's got some serious male pattern baldness advertising for a hair cuttery? Right. Well, that's the goddamn brilliance of these things. And I really I'm going to stick with that word by the way, brilliant. I may even up-level it to genius, because I am pretty (laughs) high on these things right now. Um, The most recent one that I saw is called Bad Hair Day, and we see him on a subway, right? And, you know, it's kind of a crowded subway, and there's another guy, much younger man, with a full set of hair, but it's all flopping all over the place. He's kind of got a bit of bedhead, and the guy with the bedhead is kind of looking in his reflection in the glass on the subway trying to like fix his hair a little bit and then uh, actor Michael Kelly just interrupts him and says bad hair day bad hair day try no hair day at least you can check in on mine walk into a supercuts and get a fresh haircut you know what happens when I walk into a supercuts I don't they just assume I'm looking for the karate studio next door (laughs) (laughs) this guy knows what I'm talking about and then he just gestures to another bald super guy. Super bald guy. <laughs> An even balder guy on the train says, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says, don't take your hair for granted. I take like it to that. Supercuts. Yeah. One thing I've always loved about Supercuts, they don't do it in this logo here either. You, the Supercuts font is very basic. But uh, what they'll often do at the end of commercials is like the, the T is a little bit lower, hanging lower than the rest of the letters, and then a pair of scissors comes and snips it off, and then somebody wipes it away, Mm -hmm. which is a very satisfying kind of little animation. They square it up with the uh, other letters. Yeah. I I like to see this. I think this is... uh, Didn't super... There was some haircut place that was like a chain like that that had uh, a really funny set of ads that we talked about long ago, years ago now. And boy, I'm not doing a good job of telling the story because I don't remember anything about it. But I remember... That we really liked it and we thought it was clever and uh, and really really creative and and so different from a lot of what I think these kinds of chain haircut places have traditionally done, which is where they play like some sort of like generic guitar riffs where they show guys yeah, right. like spinning around in a chair as like a, the, like the good looking <laughs> haircutter lady like shows them what they look like in the mm. mirror. Can you see what picture what I'm saying? I know what you're talking about as far as the generic commercial is concerned. I, I don't remember the campaign that caught our eye a while back. I have no recollection of that, but I can't remember what we did on the show last week. Other yeah, than no, this was years right ago. Sheds. I want to say like back when we lived in LA, it was that, that long ago. So yeah. I'll, I'll go digging for it and I'll, we can, uh, we can do a, 
we can revisit it next week. Well, here's another one in the campaign. They also have, I, I found three of these. There's the first one that I saw that's kind of a kind of a broader take on don't take your hair for granted. And we see Michael Kelly kind of going around um, kind of more of a montage thing. I don't have to play that one. But I do like this one. This is another specific scene. We see two bros watching baseball. One is geared up in his uh, New York Yankees fan gear. The other one is clearly a Red Sox fan. And um, it's just the two of them. And they start by saying, loser shaves his head. (laughs) So in other words, whoever loses the game, the fan uh, has to shave his head. But then right as they say that, Michael Kelly just waltzes into their living room. Loser shaves his head? Deal. Congratulations. You're both losers of my respect. (laughs) If I had hair like yours, I wouldn't gamble it. I'd take it to a supercut stylist who would obsess over every precious follicle until I looked amazing. Then I'd find a swimming pool. I'd dive in and come up and do that little hair flip thing. Refreshing. Which one? One of the guys says refreshing (laughs) under his breath. I love these. The the writing is great. Michael Kelly is really good. When I said before, uh, they're kind of taking the piss out of themselves a little bit. Like, there is something like they admit that, like, yeah. Part of the Supercuts experience is going into a strip mall where there's probably a karate studio next door. Yeah. And, like, they own it, and they make a little joke about it. Like, I love that. That's yeah. my favorite part of that commercial. That's what made me want to talk about these. I think it's good, but I think Michael Kelly really makes it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a performer like him who is, you know, really Supercuts is punching above their weight yeah. having someone like him as their spokesman. So good for them. This is honestly, like I am, the more I think about this, I'm kind of blown away. For such a pedestrian brand, if you don't mind me being snobby about it, <laughs> they went and they thought, how can we think outside the box without making it just weird? Like another like kind of, look how weird we are because everybody's just kind of leaning on that crutch. But it is, it does have layers and it kind of makes fun of itself a little bit. And there's a darkness to it. But none of it, it's not too dark. It's not too weird. Because you would think like you could, the wrong writers could go a little bit too far with this You think the darkness is joke. in Michael Kelly's sort of he's, there's a, like fatalist. Let me say there's a grimness about it. Yes, he's very grim in these. And if you took that just a inch further I feel like they could just be too dark and they could be off putting yeah like if he stared into the middle distance like a little bit too long to where you're like oh my god like do we need to call a suicide hotline right yeah but they just I think strike a perfect tone and really come up with he's just resigned yes and it's a brand new he's not despondent and, and, and the message is perfect like you still have hair. Yeah. Respect that hair, appreciate that hair, and take it to the people who will take care of it the way you want it to be taken care of. I just think the messaging... Or supercuts. Yeah, like some... Or supercuts. Sometimes people uh, are so in love with their jokes that they lose the yes. message of what they're trying to we advertise. We see that all the time. Everything is fitting together here That's, really well. That is the the death, the downfall of Jake from State Farm. Yeah. They, they fell too in love with their, like you know, Lockhorn's style of comedy. Yeah. Now, speaking of famous people in commercials, you like a new Dennis Quaid commercial, right? I like anything with Dennis Quaid (laughs) in it. Before we get into the newest one that caught your eye, I don't think we talked about this campaign at all yet, I don't think so yet. So, I might have mentioned it in passing, but I don't think we've gone into it. So, Dennis Quaid uh, is the new spokesman for e And for years, 
now I'm thinking we maybe did talk about it, but for years, John Krasinski was the voice of insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he was never the on-camera spokesman. It's kind of interesting that they have decided to go a totally different direction. Like, you could have, you could see them deciding to just, like, sort of up-level Krasinski's involvement. Maybe he didn't want to be the, the face of insurance. Who knows? Um, but instead, they've gone with this new spokesman, uh, which is Dennis Quaid. Um, and like he's, like you, I think you're going to explain here in a minute... Dennis Quaid is a charming, affable guy. And as he's selling us insurance, he's also acknowledging that he's selling us insurance. I, again, if we talked about this on the show, I don't know that if we played this long cut version of it. This is a minute 45. And I this wasn't a Super Bowl ad, was it? Did this debut on the Super Bowl? Maybe. If so, I don't recall. But it made me think of your show, which was one of my favorite after these messages ever uh, all about postmodern advertising right yeah um and part of we were both present for that i know but you really put it together (laughs) you put together a lot of research i was just like kind of sitting back in awe during the whole thing and learning about what postmodernism is because it's a hard concept right there's a lot of ins and a lot of outs a lot of ins a lot of outs but one of the main kind of components of it is the idea of being meta of both being meta and also advertising yet rejecting the idea of advertising at yeah. the same time. And this commercial has The rejection both of, of authority from, from the voice of authority. Yes, and saying... How does authority reject authority? We know you don't want to be advertised to, and that's why we are advertising to you in this style. And in the one that I want to look at after this, the newest one in this campaign that that is deserving of an ad collade, I think you'll see that they really stuck with that theme that... We know it's we know that you know that we're doing a fake thing mm-hmm. to sell you something and like we're all cool. And then so this first one, this debut one, we, we see Dennis Quaid and he's kind of just walking through a whole bunch of dis- uh, different situations. He starts on a busy street um, and he's talking to us, the camera. At one point, he mentions um, uh, his likability. Like, you know, studies show that he's very likable and he kind of gestures to a piece of paper that he's holding and then he just (laughs) throws the piece of paper away and a woman on the street who says, you are very likable, rushes and picks it up and tries to hand it to him. Um, It's like completely breaking the fourth wall. As the commercial goes on, he kind of gets into people's business a little bit. There's a young woman on the phone, I think, trying to deal with her insurance, and then he walks up to her and takes her phone. Later on, we're going to see him walk into a guy's kitchen who's, like, trying to deal with his insurance situation. Hopefully, all of that setup will allow me just to hit play on this without having to interrupt it too much. Hi there. This is a commercial about insurance. I know you're thinking, I don't want to hear about insurance. Because let's be honest. Nobody likes dealing with insurance. Now, I'm going to pause it there, even though I promised I wouldn't, because we are suddenly now in a living room where a guy is watching this commercial on TV, but then suddenly Dennis Quaid is in his living room with him, and the guy is mouthing along, I don't want to talk about insurance. Right? That's why insurance hired me, Dennis Quaid, as their spokesperson, because apparently I'm highly likable. I like Dennis Quaid. Aw. And they want me to let you know that cue over dramatic music. They're on a mission to make insurance painless. Excuse me. Dennis Quaid, you dropped this. Yes, I did. <laughs> See, they know it's confusing. I literally have no idea what I'm getting. That's why they're making it simple, so that even actors like us can understand <laughs> it. I'm not an actor. 
No way. And the guy, when he says, I'm an actor, he like, st- he like looks at the camera. He looks right down the barrel. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. No, I don't want to wait on hold. And they know it's a hassle. So they're making it easy to use. That was me making that noise. <laughs> I know. I just like to do that. And they know it's expensive. I feel like I'm giving my money away. So they're making it affordable. Wow. Thank you, Dennis Quaid. You're welcome, guy in kitchen. I named my character Walter. <laughs> in case you didn't quite hear that, Dennis Quaid, have you not seen this whole thing? I haven't thing? seen the whole one. Isn't this great? Yes. So he walks into this guy's kitchen. I named my kitchen. character Walter. <laughs> he says, thank you, guy in kitchen. He says, I named my character Walter. Wow. Thank you, Dennis Quaid. You're welcome, guy in kitchen. I named my character Walter. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Now, you might not believe any of this since this is a television commercial. It's true. Modern consumers are skeptical of the advertising industry. Good point, child actor. But that's why they're being so transparent about all this. Anyways, this is the end of the commercial where I walk off into a very dramatic sunset to reveal the new e-shirts tagline so that you'll remember it. Insurance. It's surprisingly painless. See for yourself. You gotta put the sunset right there. Right? <laughs> okay, am I blocking it? <laughs> that is great. I have seen a much shorter and much less meta version of that. Uh-huh. It's still meta, like he still acknowledges, you know, that he's breaking the fourth wall, but it doesn't have all those little uh, delightful details. I made my character Walter. Yeah, yeah. You know. See, I didn't think I had Good seen job, that long one actor. either. And like that is just. And is that not perfect for your postmodern yes. collection? That one is delightful. It's perfect for the postmodern collection. Let, why don't you play the newest one? Okay. There have been a few of these since then. He keep. He is the. He you know continues to like talk with people about insurance, but this one just has a lot of. It's a really fun thing. Dennis Quaid has been an actor for so long that. They sort of made him up to look like 90s Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And this is... Uh, I haven't th- seen this. This one is called Stuck in the 90s. And so most of what you're seeing as you're hearing these first parts is Dennis Quaid in this like 90s you know, like like actor wig. Uh, he's got his, like, ni- his, his own 90s hairstyle. He's wearing like a, a very 90s style cut suit. And he's uh, sort of going around doing little household chores in a house that looks like it's from sort of a 90s sitcom. He's like stirring a, a pot on the stove. It just has a real 90s feel to it. But it, there's something ineffable about the feel. It's not just like, it's not, there's not, it's hard to exactly put your finger on what it is about this that feels so 90s, but they really did a great job visually with it. I don't think I've seen this, and I don't know if this will be on the whole commercial, but I like right away, I see that it's also got like the VHS camcorder time stamp, time yes. and date stamp in the corner. Let's be honest. Insurance can feel a little outdated. The paperwork, the calling for everything, the searching for ID cards. It's like you're stuck in the 90s. That's why insurance makes it simple with an app that has everything you need because that's how we live nowadays. All right. Your ID card's on a bodacious, tiny future TV. (laughs) So the guy who just said that has come out and he is, I mean, he weirdly looks like Christian Bale, which I don't think is really the whole point of this but he's dressed like right though uh you know he's wearing sort of like very like 90s clothes he's dressed like you know one of the teenagers from scream yeah he's wearing like those jams pants i don't think those are zumbas i don't really know enough about him he's got like a 
you know, button down shirt. He looks that's like Matthew op- Lillard. Open in front with a T-shirt on underneath and some dumb 90s cap. Yes. And sunglasses. I'll, I'll pick it up there again. All right. Your ID card's on a bodacious, tiny future TV. Wow, you are really committed to this whole 90s thing, aren't you? Well, no, I'm just saying what's in the script. That's true. Everything we're saying is in the script. When insurance is... So they, they cut to the whole produ- commercial production uh, where they have the cue cards and everything. It's really cool. I'm just seeing just from looking at this video and looking at all the other suggested videos, like there are a lot of these things and it really lends itself. The campaign lends itself to doing a lot of them. Yeah, because it's so meta. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to put away the famous actors for a second and put away the, the meta commentaries and instead just talk about one other commercial that I really like. And again, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't talked about this yet. So if we have talked about it already, welcome new listeners. <laughs> it's new to you. <laughs> Um, this one caught my Maybe eye the other day. Maybe our listeners are as forgetful as we are. <laughs> right, No, exactly. listeners never are. No, they aren't. Um, this is for Indeed, which is a job search app. And, uh, and it tends to be for kinds of jobs that I don't think it's exclusively nonprofit, but I think that at least when it was first conceived, wasn't Indeed kind uh-oh. of like a, kind of like jobs that were meant to be like, kind of good for the world or, or jobs that. that had like a sort of a service seat not service but like uh they it was sort of meant to you know, like get you away from just like office drone types of jobs that would make sense because i was watching some earlier versions of these commercials or i shouldn't say earlier versions of these commercials i was watching some earlier campaigns for indeed and it did sort of now that you say that, I could see them trying to emphasize, like, get out of your crappy job that you don't believe in and do something better for you. Yeah. Not just a higher salary, but something that makes you feel better. That makes sense. And, and who knows how much they lived up to that mm-hmm. mission, but I think that was kind of the idea, or at least the pitch. Right. Okay. Um, and so in this one, and I just really like the perspective on this one. I think it must be very relatable. It feels relatable to me, although I've never been a woman in the workforce. But um, you're seeing a kind of an all staff meeting where everybody is standing it's like um you know some sort of a a white collar situation but everything is um uh kind of masked in that kind of blue lighting it kind of seems like a you know everybody seems like they're young professionals probably earning a decent amount of money but there's also something kind of sad about this it's a pretty corporate environment it's pretty corporate and kind of drab not in the fun sense of corporate (laughs) no um and the camera though while while we see a whole bunch of people in this in this shot the camera is really focused on the woman who is front and center and while she looks directly at us into the camera we are hearing other voices talking we're, we're hearing her boss give a promotion to somebody else in the company it was a tough call but our new senior vp goes to mike and, and she clearly she's kind of smiling at the beginning and clearly her expectation is that she's going to be getting this promotion right and exactly. this is, by the way i mean i like this commercial i think it's good but that's not how promotions are announced like no no one no one would be like maybe it's going to be me who's getting this announcement made about them in this giant public place right exactly because also mike is all the way at the front of the room and why yeah. is she not um like maybe that's why she has been promoted is because her expectations are <laughs> right. wildly off base she doesn't know how business works she doesn't know how business <laughs> works your vp goes to mike This wasn't the first time. 
Claire had been passed up for the promotion. Her phone buzzes, obviously. But it would be the last time. It's someone asking for an interview. Upload your resume on Indeed. You hear that woo at the end. That is her yelling woo. Everybody would think that she's like right. being overly excited for the guy who got the promotion. But she's excited because she just saw that via the app she is being invited uh, to interview for another job. So, again, kind of taking kind of a bleak. I, I, I know I've already said this, but I think sometimes you can you can go too far with that. And then your product or service can be associated with bleakness right. in a certain way. But I think they do a really good job of kind of showing the proverbial sun sh- sunrise on the situation. And her face literally kind of lights up with warmer light uh, once her phone buzzes. Yeah. And we talked about an ad for another job site. Maybe it was Monster. Maybe it was Indeed. I don't recall the, the exact brand. But it was a job site like that where a guy is explaining to his child that jobs are just like a horrible thing that you have to do for money. And it's really dark. Yeah. And then the, of course the big, the turn is, you know, get a better job that doesn't make you, you know, doesn't suck your soul out. But it was like, I think, I think we enjoyed it and maybe thought it was funny and well-written, but like you said, we questioned whether it was so dark that it just left kind of a bad taste in yeah. your mouth about the whole thing. This next one is also for Indeed. It's another one in the campaign, and they're going for kind of the same thing. This one, I wonder if it has enough of a happy payoff, though. I think her saying woo, like kind of through the glass, adds a hu- an element of humor at the very end of it, yeah. which really kind of brings you back around on it. You go from like kind of depressed, sad, then happy and hopeful, but then also a chuckle at the end, which yeah. really kind of I think it would have been funnier it. if like they had really let the silence, like the clapping ends for Mike and his big promotion. Mm-hmm. And like there's a big pause and then she And woos. then she says, woo, yeah, like act a little bit more crazy. But I, I think it's pretty well done. Um, this next one, we see a fella... Um, talking to his daughter, like they're both standing in her um, in her doorway of her bedroom, and he's explaining that they have to move once again for his job. And the daughter's very upset. She's like, I don't know, a kid's age. No, I don't know. She's like 11 years old or something. I could be wrong. I watched this earlier today. And then when he tells her the news, she slams her door in his face. And then, again, the idea being that, like, get a good job so you don't have to keep moving around and disappointing your kids. Dad promised, but now they have to move again, all because of his job. But maybe Dad will get to keep his promise. Uh, that little ding you hear is his phone, which is in the in the living room, and we see that he gets a notification, just like the other one. That's a much quicker one. That's a fifteen seconder. How does how do you feel about that one? It's a little sad. Yeah, that one is a little sad it's to me. It's more sad than than fun. And it's also it feels like, well, did he already accept a job? I mean, I can't I know you shouldn't get bogged down. I this I do this all the time. I get bogged down in the logistics. Mm-hmm. Kind of like like, well, how did she not know that she wasn't getting promoted? Like she mm-hmm. would know if she was getting promoted. Kind of like, well, did he accept a job in another city or not? Like why is right. he still taking why is he still looking for resumes here? Right. You know, why is he still sending his resume out here in, you know, whatever town they live in. Yeah, I think that that one suffers a little bit from being so short, both maybe some of the logistical questions you have, and also it doesn't quite have enough time to make that full turn. I I feel dorky breaking down that first one so much, but it is true, like several emotions, at least four, click, 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 with ending on humor. She's like... 
excited, dashed. Yeah. Now she's like Hopeful. optimistic. And yeah. then again, I think adding that laugh at the end really kind of helps really kind of take your mind off of the bleakness of the original situation. This one doesn't have enough time to pull the nose up on that. And it's just kind of, in the, again, the house is shot kind of dark yeah. and a lot of blues. And, you know, you never get that. Again, the lighting on that first one was good because they literally light up her face better when she feels hopeful, and you don't get any of that in that quickie. Um, Now, here's the third one I'll play from this campaign. Now, this one is kind of relying mostly on humor for this one. This one doesn't work at all for me. I think you've seen this before, Vives. I think that this one is too confusing, and it gets a little bit lost. Just but some accolades and admonishments within the I same I guess so, yeah. Campaign. Within the same campaign. I could be wrong about this, and I'd be willing for you to talk me in, into liking this one more. <laughs> um, but we see a guy in his 20s. He's clearly back home living with his parents again. Boy, there's um, a whole yeah. genre right there that we should be talking That's about. That's actually, yeah, that would be a good show. Um, and we just see him our const- failure to launch episode we just see him constantly staring at his phone he's like moping in the kitchen staring at his phone like he's at dinner staring at his phone and then I think the voice and the parents just kind of look like they're rolling their eyes about you know losing their empty nestedness and having this kind of slacker in their house again that's what we're thinking during most of the commercial brushing his teeth mom's folding his laundry for him With no choice but to move back home after college. They thought he'd be a little more motivated to find a job. Staring at the phone, staring at the phone at dinner. Parents are annoyed. He sets down his phone. His dad picks it up. They were right. He has three interview requests. On Indeed. Oh my god. Yeah, so they I feel think like I that just he, watched the ice storm. Yeah, he think, everybody thinks he's just a, a slacker dude living in his phone, but all of these shots of him staring at his phone sadly and contempt. Yeah, you you dumb olds. Right. When kids are on their phone, they're actually working. And then at the end, we see he gets three interview requests, which again, to raise your issues, like wouldn't the parents just ever say, hey, hey maybe just have the a phone conversation for a second? And he'd be like, oh, I'm actually looking for jobs right now. It's this app called Indeed. <laughs> Like, maybe you've seen the commercial with the young woman who doesn't get the promotion. And they'll be like, I like that one. It goes through a whole bunch of different emotions. The one where she yells at the end, woo-woo. Yeah, I like the way it ends with a little humor. That's how that conversation would go. Yeah. Well, maybe have any conversation would be a good start for this incredibly cold and icy family where, like, none of, no one speaks to anyone else in the family. It is just, like, a dark, miserable, like, grim existence in this house that they're all shut up in apparently the parents are exchanging like glances yeah it's just but they seem everybody seems to hate everybody equally i do kind of actually now want to do a show where um people move in with their parents but or live with their parents as adults but there's one that i particularly like i think it's for a credit score service you know like credit karma or one of those Mm -hmm. and there's two sisters talking and one of them is like the on the ball sister and she says, like, you know, I checked my credit score. It's helping me become a whatever, full-fledged adult. And her sister's like, why would you do that? And she goes, well, you don't want to live with mom forever, do you? And they cut to the sister, the slacker sister, living at home, like, s- sitting by the pool, uh, just being in her home. And the mom is, like, enthusiastically kind of, like, just doing mom stuff around the house. 
But the mom is not super angry about the daughter being there. The person who's motivated to get out and get her own place and have more privacy is the daughter. And what I liked about what I've always liked about that ad is that the you can have a situation that needs to change and that like a young person needs to move out into the world and not have the parent be like a nag or miserable to have their adult child home. Mm-hmm. Just being like a little bit oblivious or a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. This, this one, it was, I don't like that one. It is too grim and it just makes me, I mean, seriously, it's like watching some like very serious drama where like, you know, the parents are just like in the middle of a divorce or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, like the ice storm. Okay, I want to move on to ad council now, but part of ad council today is um, kind of reopening an investigation. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about she sheds again, or more importantly, just sheds and whether or not they're vocabulary words and whether or not we got gotten? I will never get tired of the great shed debate. Do you know that you can buy on on Etsy now uh, custom-made t-shirts that say, I burned down Cheryl, she shed? No, I didn't. Yeah, thank you to listener Britt. I saw that on Facebook. I'm not super surprised about that. Of course, we're talking about the, what insurance is it again? I can never get it straight. The she shed commercial? It is Allstate. um, Allstate. It's Allstate. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's... State, State Farm. Farm. Are you sure? I think it's all state, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's State Farm because it's the same as the Jake from State Farm. Oh, and that's okay. how I remember it. And that's funny. So State Farm has two very different campaigns going on because isn't State Farm also Oh, I'm thinking of farmers. Yeah. Good so grief. Confusing. State Farm. All state, State Farm, Farmers. Farmers. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That sounds like a, a game you could play on the highway to pass time. <laughs> I'll say the name of an insurance company. You got to come up with an insurance company that begins right. with the same word yours ended with. Um, all right. But anyway, so I think most people are com- uh, familiar with that commercial. You had just in fun, just just to have a little bit of levity on the show, you showed me a funny post on Reddit. I believe a listener sent this in where uh, it was a picture of the bottom of a kid's worksheet, a vocabulary worksheet. And it said, uh, write the word shed in a sentence. And then uh, somebody scrawled, apparently a child scrawled, somebody burned down my she shed. And somebody said, this is my friend's daughter's homework. And I said, you're not going to rest until we get this kid on the air. That's right. And I said, uh, you know, I just sort of think that's like, look, some kid wrote something funny that adults would find funny on their homework. I just think that often it's kind of a, a faked thing to yeah, get I'm viral sure it hits. Is often a fake thing. And then in my argument of that, of saying maybe this is a fake, I said that I think it would be odd to learn the word shed on a worksheet it seems oddly specific and not really that relevant i think that kids can learn the word shed this was my argument that word kids can learn the word shed from context it just didn't seem like a vocab word to me and um i uh have done a little bit more digging i i, I tried desperately to find the original worksheet online i thought maybe i could i honestly was trying to uh, disprove myself because i can't prove that the worksheet doesn't exist but i thought if nothing else maybe I can prove that the worksheet does exist right so you went to uh, college and you got a degree <laughs> in primary right. education that's exactly what I did you really put that's the exactly time what in I on did. this one um, I dug into the comments on reddit to see what other people were saying about it a lot of people were making fun of the fact that it's a 
in the photo, all you can basically see is this uh, question and then the the scrawled answer by the kid. Yet the poster felt the need to draw a big red circle around it. So most of the posters are like, hey, thanks for the red circle. Hey, and apparently that's a whole subreddit. Do you know that unnecessary red circles no, or something like that? No, but why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, let me ask you this. Did you find a single commenter who was like, kids don't need to be learning the word shed i found one commenter who said there should be a subreddit for this sort of karma farming claiming that it's my friend's kids handwriting how about taking this to fake homework or kids handwriting subreddit which are two made-up things um and we got oh well who can forget ventrium who says this is probably fake and papa smell hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, said. an authority weighs in. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. Dr. Papa Smellhard. <laughs> yeah, Papa Smellhard didn't spend six years in medical school to be Mr. Papa Smellhard to you. The Y is different to the above text. And, of course, uh, Bodilus, who says simply, fake AF. Fake AF. So I think it's pretty clear that out of a mere 864 <laughs> comments... <laughs> Those three Redditors, including Dr. Papa, Papa Smellhard, <laughs> I think I can rest my case. No, actually. I you- just want to get t-shirts made that just say Dr. Papa Smellhard. And like, that's it. And there's no branding for ATM or anything. It's just Dr. Papa. And only, only we will, only you, Ad Council, will know. I will Until say, Until we get though, sued in- by Redditor. <laughs> Dr. Papa Smellhard, because it's twist, it's a jurist doctor. No, the name on Reddit is not doctor. We've added the doctor. Oh, anyway, we've added the doctor. Did you not? No, no, no. I, no. I added the doctor, yeah. All right, so, um, no, it's it's Papa Smellhard. On, uh, so, doc, so, were you telling me that the Reddit name Dr. Papa Smellhard is, is available. available? Yes, it's exactly what I'm telling you. Excuse me, I'll be right back. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so all getting aside, I was actually trying to prove myself wrong. I thought, you know what? If I can just find this worksheet exists, <laughs> then we can end the conversation. <laughs> I couldn't, but I did, in looking more closely at this worksheet, I did see something that I think adds more credence to it being a real worksheet, which is the um, little exercise above write the word shed in the sentence is read the following sentence. Shape went to the shop on the ship. It's uh-huh. a sh- right sh- sound. It's a it's a worksheet that is probably teaching kids the sh sound. Yeah, and then shed, which is a monosyllabic sh sound word. I think that there's a lot of credence to this being actually a worksheet. Yeah, and you're learning a lot about pedagogy, which I think is only for the only for the good. Now that's doctor. I'd pedagogy. Um, I uh, I also want to say now. Okay, let's say that it's a real worksheet, but some parent pretended to scrawl sure. it like a kid, which I think is plausible. Right. So that was plausible. But I will say, I went through. Uh, so this thing has now been memeified and it's all over the place. But I'm pretty sure this Reddit post is the original. And I will say, I dug through the original posters, like other posts. Yes. Nope, no pranks. There's nothing that indicates that they are trying to karma farm or whatever they were being accused of doing because it does seem like it's apparent. There are photos, a lot of photos of this person's dog, but also a couple of photos of a, of a young girl who'd be about this age. Now, I know that 
they're claiming this is the neighbor's kid, but still, like, you could sort of see some interaction. There's no other memeified things. There's no other things on this person's um, Reddit history that appears that they're trying to be funny or clever or go viral. It actually seems like a pretty legit, like, just average household parents Reddit page. Yeah, it's also, like, not that amazingly hilarious. Sure, you're right, yeah. That, like... It would be like, uh, I'm going to get them with this one. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, let's... I vote real. Yeah. I actually think the whole thing is real now, including even the... Um... Even the need to learn the word shed. <laughs> well, especially the word, the need to learn... That learning that it's an SH sound lesson. Is that called a diphthong? I don't Or is that know. when it's two vowels? Oh, boy. I'm entirely sure. What What is a diphthong? Let's listen to the diphthong song. <laughs> out. So I'm also um, hesitating here because I got a voicemail on this very topic. Can we let our listener Nate in Tacoma weigh in on the She Shed debate? Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is Nate from Tacoma. Just wanted to weigh in on the shed controversy from a couple weeks ago. I'm with Genevieve on this one. I don't, I don't find it a stretch at all that a teacher would emphasize that word in a vocabulary quiz, especially since you know, Andrew, you said, you know, why would they use a, a mundane noun like shed for a quiz like this? Well, it is it, it is a noun and a verb, so it could be a good kind of way for kids to learn that concept that many words in the English language are nouns and verbs depending on the context in a sentence, how they, how they use it. So, yeah, you could easily uh, see shed in either of those contexts. It's actually in some specific uses, it can even be an adjective or at least a a modifier, like uh, if you found a shed antler outside, that would be an antler that has been shed, uh, that you know you found in the woods or whatever. Anyway, I just I just love discussions like you. I think you should make some sort of word argument a regular segment on the show. <laughs> I, I think we basically are. Yeah, yeah, except it's just very lot. limited but. to the word shed. <laughs> yeah, although I think we've gotten into arguments about other words as well. Um, also, shed light on something is another kind of uh, usage of shed that doesn't necessarily fit in any of those specific categories. So, um, yeah, I'm on board. I think it's the SH thing that really, really... Yeah, it really over. broke this case wide open. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's 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 get into some real emails and views. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I'm really disappointed to say this. I'm looking here. We have no emails or voicemails from Papa Smellhard, unfortunately. <laughs> He's working on his degree. I um this is a follow up to a follow up. A couple of shows ago <laughs> we we this is the show where we just don't let shit go. Yes. <laughs> it's another sh word. Yeah. Why would the word shit be on my kids? Let's call this homework? one shit another sh words. <laughs> Let's call this one a real shed show. A real shed show. <laughs> Can I get a ding for that? <laughs> okay, absolutely. Can I get a ding? Um a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about this Toyota commercial from 1980, introducing uh, the fleet of 1981 Toyotas. I believe they were talking about a Tercel in this. And the, the pitch man says, don't make a $700 mistake. And we weren't sure exactly what that meant. There was no math, apparently, in the commercial that meant, are you saving $700 over, like, 
some other car company. They weren't making any direct comparison. And we got a pretty strong statement from Harvey who said... um, that it was, he said it was the basically the the differential between the price of the of a competitor and the gas mileage. Right, exactly. The, the amount that you would save in in a more in a less fuel efficient vehicle. Here it is. Here he says the seven hundred dollar mistake is the amount you could save on the price of the vehicle and the gas from the miles per gallon. And I was like, oh wow, he must remember these commercials or something. So I googled around seven hundred dollar mistake in case it was like kind of a classic thing in Twitter. Nothing came up. Zero. The only thing that came up was his comment on Facebook, <laughs> and it just seemed like a pretty bold thing to say. So I, I was like, what? Harvey- I don't know if it seemed that bold. Well, it was it was presented in a way that it wasn't kind of like, well, maybe it's this, or I think it's this. It was just kind of like, it's this. So I was Listener, like pretty impressed. Here's the thing you should know about Andrew. He really likes diffidence. No, I just want... But, it just seemed like the type of thing that he had heard before. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. He is familiar with this. It didn't seem like he was taking a shot at it or guessing. Okay. And so um, I said, so how do you know that, right? And then apparently Harvey got back at you. Yeah, so Harvey said, Andrew wanted me to show my work, so here it is. When the guy in the commercial says, don't make a $700 mistake, they show the MPG of the car and the estimated EPA MPG of others on the screen. Also, following that line, he says, compare Toyota price and economy. I agree that it is price and economy. I think there's no question they're saying whether you infer it or you, or it is in some way spelled out in something that we're not seeing, there's, they've somehow estimated that it is $700 cheaper to own, purchase and own a Toyota. And I don't know where they're getting that math. But I will take issue with one thing that you said, Harvey, because I went back and looked at the ad. There is something on the screen that that appears. This I know this is my own shed hole here, mm. but but nevertheless, there's something that appears on this the screen. This place is a shed hole. This place is a real shed hole. Um, you know what? Wish in one hand, shed in another. <laughs> so it's turning into the good place. Um, there is a thing on the screen when they roll that little cute red Toyota off of the car. You know, tr- the car mover. 47 miles highway estimated miles per gallon, 36 EPA estimated miles per gallon. I don't think they're talking about a, a two different cars there. I think they're talking about 47 miles as their their own. That's Toyota's estimate of highway miles, which, of course, you get better mileage, you know, in a, on a highway in highway driving. And then the 36 miles per gallon is what the EPA has allowed them to say about their overall MPG for this car, mm-hmm. which at the time must have been very good. Yeah, so we still don't know. It just seems like it still seems like a weird thing just to throw into a commercial. It, it I, my guess is that that was an expression that was used in because the, these were specifically like local, I guess, regional commercials for Toyotas. Yeah, like if we could go South. back and watch ten other mm-hmm. Toyotas of the South commercials. From that year, I bet that would have been like a recurrent exactly theme. starting in 1978 or something like that. You know what I mean? And people just kind of got used to it, and so they throw it into here. So that's why I was kind of hoping that Harvey would come back and be like, "Oh yeah, I grew up in Georgia and I remembered this." So <laughs> Harvey, just lie to me, baby. Just come back at me. Sorry, say, Harvey. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh. Also, we got um something from listener Amanda here, but I haven't dug into this at all. Oh, I'm really happy about this, uh, because Amanda, you have uh. How to say this? You, you opened my eyes to something that I had already dismissed. Do you remember, Andrew? I was we were watching probably like a football game or something. We were both watching TV, and 
a commercial for Jack in the Box came on. It was a real quick one. He's talking, Jack the, you know, the roundhead man, the roundhead man, as I call him, mm-hmm. um, is talking to one of those um, blow up guys, you know, that waves oh, in the air. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what? There's it's like, like a, a windsock man. Yeah, the windsock man with the motor at the bottom. Yeah. That and guy's he usually got some is moves. used to sell cars or some mm-hmm. other, you know, uh, durable good used beautifully in a montage in Better Call Saul, <laughs> by the way, and also used hilariously in an episode of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, they're they're pretty much comedy geniuses. Yeah. Those windsock guys. Anyway, um, Jack is talking to this windsock guy about their new really big chicken sandwich, and then cuts to the really big chicken sandwich, and it shows it with one patty, then two patties, then three patties, then four patties. Mm-hmm, I and I was sort of that. half paying attention to it, mm-hmm. and I said to you, are they really selling chicken sandwiches with four patties on them? Mm-hmm. And I think you said, no, no, that's just for effect. Really? I, I mean, I... I, I Get the subtlety there that you think that I'm always just uh, shooting you down without any uh, <laughs> basis for my you. argument. Just being, just you, you know, me being a, a real Harvey here. But um, no, I don't know. Did you think that that? I don't think that was me that said that because I do remember looking at that and who else being would I confused. be watching? Well, we watch football games with other people. I think it was you. Anyway. And I said, no, 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 they don't sell it with four patties because I don't well, know. Well, you didn't. I remember it. thinking like your jaw would lock up trying yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I think it. you said, no, I think it's just like a mm. joke that they would, mm. that you would okay. never sell it. And so listener Amanda had the same question I did. Is that Jack in the Box commercial for the really big chicken sandwich where it says four patties for five ninety nine a joke or real? It looks like a joke. They keep playing it during Mariners games. I you look- also probably wonder if the Mariners are a joke, and the answer to that is yes. Yeah, you're like, you're watching the Mariners. It seems impossible. Yeah, it all seems like it all buffoonery. It seems like a joke. Yeah. yeah. It's like probably just all jokes. <laughs> but no, that is a real shed show of a sandwich. <laughs> Listen to this. I got this from Eater. This is uh, from, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Is the chicken sandwich in the chicken sandwich wars? There are established sandwiches, there are better sandwiches, and there are sandwiches with more chicken. Jack in the Box is firmly invested in column C. While Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen was enjoying the sales bump from its two-week-long sellout chicken sandwich promotion and contrived social media feuds with Chick Fil A and Shake Shack, <laughs> yep. Jack in the Box was busy cooking up its own low-effort take on the current fast food flavor of the week: a chicken sandwich with not one but four chicken patties. Wow. This thing looks awful. Shoot, can, I, awful. I, I know that it doesn't. And I am a garbage monster. I mean, I'll eat like I, I'm not I'm not mm. snobby about food. I love a good fast food chicken sandwich. I'm just going to play the commercial just yeah, for the sake do. of hearing it. He's talking to the guy now. A really big chicken sandwich combo with two patties for $3.99 or three for $4.99 or four for $5.99. See, he, they're actually listing it with the prices and the thing on the screen. That's why I have no recollection and I don't believe that I would say, no, it's a joke because they're saying $5.99, you get a really big chicken sandwich yeah, with four patties. Yeah, I know. And I think what happened was it was on TV. I was half paying attention. I saw this giant sandwich and I asked you about it and by the time you looked mm. up it was gone that's probably just like oh, probably, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's probably a closer quote of what I said that's probably what you said but anyway I think your your very uh, unofficial and non-expert take was no it's probably a joke uh, it does look like a joke the way it, it is the way like it's stacked joke. up here I mean because Aunt Amanda had the same question because you're you listen can we get real here for one second sure. I'm gonna admit some things that I don't want to admit 
when I'm talking, you're just like waiting for the silent part to go, yes. That's a given. That's not the middle. <laughs> the middle is sometimes a mood will strike me and I need to have some Arby's stat. It's not often. Mm, once or twice a year. Right. It honestly has to do with whether or not we've been talking about Arby's on one of my various podcasts. <laughs> so actually seven to ten times a year. Sure. No. But uh, and there is not an Arby's near us. You have to drive about 20 minutes. I think it's up in Edmonds. Yeah. And uh, I will go. there. I've been there twice now since I've lived in Seattle. And uh, I've gone by myself both times. It's very As 90. You <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very 90s in there, by the way. It's actually still it's like clean and I was going to say, well-preserved, but, like, it's got those <laughs> 90s purple benches. Like, everything's, like, kind of a purple yeah. and kind of zany angles with the with the uh, booths and tables. But I really like it. But I always get whatever the biggest sandwich they have is. Uh, and I don't remember what they call it now. I think it used to be called the Big Montana. Now it's just something like, you really want to do this, dude. And I'm always like, can I have the, do you really want to do this, dude? Mm-hmm. And they say, Yes. Oh. But you, just the, don't. Oh, do you want uh, do you want fries with the I have no shame, sir? <laughs> That's right. Do you want the horsey sauce with that? <laughs> no, I'll do the Arby's sauce. Thank you. Um, but here's where get, things get a little gross. Here, the last time I did that, no, it was the two times ago when I did it because it was the first time in years and years and years that I'd been to an Arby's, and I remember always getting the biggest sandwich and being like, "Yeah, this is really big. Yes, it's a little embarrassing, but you know, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat it." And then I go in after a long, long time and I order the biggest sandwich and I take it to my purple booth and table and I'm fine. I'm eating it. I'm impressed with myself and everybody involved. But then when you get to the very center of the sandwich, the meat is piled so high in the center that you can't, I'm really sorry, but you can't bite it straight on anymore. You simply, you would have to unlock your jaw like a snake in order to do it. So you have to start taking bites out of kind of the top of the sandwich. Sort of nibbling at it like a mouse. You have to start eating around it like a mouse. It's the only sandwich I've ever had to do that to. Yeah. And you, I mean, right now in this uh, jack-in-the-box, like kind of still that we're seeing of the four-patty thing, of course it looks very tall. That looks at least six inches tall. Right. Now, in a real fast food, like none of those ingredients are that fresh. They're smashing it all down. It's going to be smashed down. But don't you think this is a novelty buy? It's still going to have to... You're not going to be able to get yeah. your mouth around the whole this thing. This is something that people like dare each other to buy. It's just a novelty. It's just a thing to get an, an article in Eater. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm, I have to do this for this, my job, that I don't get paid to do. Um, I wouldn't do it otherwise. I have been to Jack in the Box once in my life, I think. I, oh, no, twice. I went a few weeks ago, actually. Um I'm always All disappointed of the Jack- by Jack in the Box. Yeah, me too. All the Jack in the Boxes around us are kind of scuzzy. Well, the too. one the one that's nearest to us, which is the only one we could I, we could walk to, is so dangerous that yeah. I can't go in. I mean, that's it's like an- it's like a legit place to go get stabbed. Right. Yeah. No. And so I don't go there. The last time I went, I I went on a whim. It was actually before the TBTL picnic a few weeks ago. I had to run to that part of town to. Uh, to pick up a bunch of supplies, and I was passing one, and I was starving. And I was like, "I want this to be my fast food day," and uh, and I went in, and it didn't make me feel good. The whole experience was kind of bad. The food wasn't bad, but it was just like, especially if you're eating Jack in the Box, don't go into a Jack in the Box and eat it. Like it was just like kind of bad everything on my part. Um, but I am willing to go back there and order the four stacked chicken sandwich. I'm going to get it with no cheese, sure. so if that's okay. 
and see if it's anywhere near. Uh, there's a chance that these patties are so tiny that four isn't as gross as it sounds. I mean, it's, none of it's great. Right. But, but, but it the, might just the be picture wim- that they show you looks like a cartoon Dagwood sandwich. Exactly. And my theory is those are tiny little crappy little yeah, patties. Presumably. In, you know, it's still gluttonous, but nowhere near as like kind of daring as this commercial would have you think. It's right. also only six bucks. Yeah. Well, I'm down to try an experiment of you eating it. Okay. So um, it'll probably have to be in a couple of weeks when I get back from this trip that I'm going on. Um, and uh, and then I will maybe take some photos or something. And again, it's an excuse to eat garbage. Uh, oh, I have an email here I want to sh- uh, share with you, Aviv. This is from listener Zach. We had another listener who put a shout out for people who've been in actual commercials or maybe have made commercials. And we're hearing from our audience. Zach is one of those people. I remember a few episodes ago, you mentioned something about your listeners submitting their own commercials. So here's mine. This is a commercial I wrote, filmed, and produced for my father's business selling manufactured homes. This was made during my freshman year of college and aired on cable in 2003-2004. The main character, Grease Mitchell, was played by the editor of my community college newspaper. His name is Jeremy Clausen. He's sadly no longer with us. He was hilarious and made this commercial better than it had any right to be. It was, in de- it was intended as a spoof of over-the-top mobile home ads that were popular in the 80s and 90s with some of the big city dealers. I really did learn a lot doing this, though. It's crazy how hard it is to squeeze any message into a measly 30 seconds. You have to make every frame count. So, Vives, are you ready to hear this Becker Holmes commercial from 2003-2004 from listener Zach? Yes. Okay. Uh, We see a close-up of a TV. There's a couple watching their TV in their living room, and they're watching a commercial from a Big city slicker trying to sell you a mobile home. Grease Mitchell here for Big City Homes. And if we got a deal for you today, if you come in, buy a home in the next 24 hours, we'll throw in a free TV. Heck, we'll even throw in a free pizza. Come on in today before these great deals right away. At the end, he's on. <laughs> he's on. We see him holding a pizza box and throwing it. We see him throw a TV, uh, and then now he's like on top of the roof of a house, riding it like a like a. You know, he's riding it like. Um, it's I think slim, it's a reference to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, what's his name? Is it Slim Pickens? I think it's Slim Pickens. Yeah. Riding that uh, that bomb. Hey, before these great deals right away. <laughs> yeah, he's totally doing that. Are you tired of big city high pressure sales gimmicks? Then come see us, the Becker Boys, where we've been taking care of customers for four generations. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That is a really nice job, Zach. So I wonder if one of those guys, one of those guys at the end, must be his dad, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, is the I don't know, Zach. Are you the guy in the black shirt? Um, you he looks a little old to be. Uh, Zach. Zach. Yeah. I so I wonder if that's that, maybe your dad. Here's or, my guess. Or if, they, or if these are two brothers. My guess is these are two brothers. Yeah. But either way, I, I think that's really great. It is great. And Zach, you are totally right that Jeremy Clausen makes that ad. He is a delight. And I, uh, I'm i sorry he's no longer with us. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. 
Hey, if we do have any new listeners, maybe we should tell them about the Facebook group where people are always partying down. <laughs> people do like to party down there. Uh, yeah, we have a really fun Facebook group. Uh, lots of lots of really great discussions. And, and I mean, so much stuff that we never get to on this show that, that goes on there that I love seeing. Um, and shout out to my friends who are with me that Summertime Lover is a jam. Um, you can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. And you can give us a call, uh, whether you have a jingle. We like to hear if you have a jingle that you remember, come and call and sing it. Uh, if you just have a comment, call and leave it at 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607-444-5597. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. The kid, totally stupid and sick. No scruples, cool man, ice cream, scooping it. You can sell anything.